podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Yo, what's going on, beautiful people? You're now listening to this Nomics podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. We got a super interesting episode. But regular listeners know I like to give a shout out to the previous week's episode. And I was joined by freelance journalist and member of Touch and Fracas football podcast, Elijah. We spoke about the ongoing Manchester United takeover, Qatar versus Sir Jim Radcliffe and Enos. Who's gonna win? Who's most likely to win? How does that impact? Manchester United's transfer winner of the summer, FFP, um, all different types of financial accounts and stuff. So check that episode out. If you're not, even if you're not really interested in football or Manchester United per se, I think it's very, very interesting one. If I do say so myself. Now, this week's episode, we are going to the world of geopolitics, and that is what the on earth was happening in Russia. I remember waking up here, yeah, middle of the night. I checked my phone to see the time because I don't know what my Apple Watch is. And I saw a notification from the Financial Times and it said, Wagner Group marching to marching on Moscow. And do you know when you just don't really take in what you saw? And I woke up again and said, hold on, did I think I see what I saw? Because I, I, the Wagner Group, they are Russian mercenaries. Like they, they are Russia's like secret weapon. And lo and behold, what I read was true. What on earth is going on in Russia? Why is Russia's secret weapon marching on Russia during the war in Ukraine? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? It's not making sense. So, spoiler alert, the coup didn't last 24 hours. So now everybody's throwing theories out there. Why did this coup not last 24 hours? Was the coup fake news? Or was it real? Was it ulterior motives? We're going to discuss all the theories, but first we're going to start off with some quick ads and then we'll get cracking. Hiya, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Hello, welcome back people. Was the Wagner group in Russia fake news? We're going to get into that right this second in this podcast. But first, I'm sure you know about the war in Ukraine, you know about President Putin, you know about President Zelensky, you know it's been going on since February last year, blah, blah, blah. But this Wagner group is probably new to the overwhelming majority of my listeners. Um, I've known of the Wagner group just because I kind of follow this type of stuff. So I find that this type of stuff very interesting. I'll be watching documentaries on YouTube, so on and so forth. So I think it's very interesting to start off with defining what the Wagner group is and how important they are to Putin and Russia and the Russian agenda. And that will kind of lead you to why this is such a big deal. Like them trying to run up on the Kremlin is a super, super big deal. And we're gonna find out why. And I'm telling you, when you start to listen to me describe what the Wagner group have been on, it's brilliant in terms of strategy for Russia, but it's also a lot of nasty work. So who are the Wagner group? They are a Russian paramilitary organization. They are, they are a private company headed up by Yevgeny Prigozhin. 
right? This guy was a former criminal. He was a mobster in the 80s. And he rose to fame via the Wagner group, right? This group have links to like the far right and neo-Nazi. So they're not the friendliest bunch, friendliest bunch of people. They are a group of mercenaries who receive equipment from the Russian Ministry of Defense and they use their installations for training. So these are very highly skilled operatives, right? They, cut, they had 50,000 people employed fighting in Russia. I mean, in Ukraine, sorry. What is very key about the Wagner group here is that they carry out missions to further Russia's influence across the world. world. They do the dirty work that Russia, Russian army can't really do. And you're going to find out why in a moment. According to, world, um, to the Wall Street Journal, there's 64 companies linked to Prigozhin. 30 of them are France, right? So they use these different companies to kind of money launder money into their organization. And this kind of helps them hide ties. Well, it was meant to help the hide ties with the Russian military and, and enable them to operate in different jurisdictions doing different things, which you're gonna hear about soon. And obviously, naturally, America, when they find out, they'll be sanctioning the haircut these companies. And guess what? They just make new ones. So that's why there's so many of them. Initially, the, the links between the Russian army and the Wagner group were hidden. But over time, it started to come to the floor. This started with a catering company called Concord, which of course was headed up by Yevgeny Prigozhin. They got sweetheart deals with the Kremlin, right? Which is the people who control Russia. So yeah, Putin and them said, yeah, okay, cool. We'll give you this big ass catered contract, which obviously was outlandish. And they, as usual, they skim off the top and, and skimming off the top of these deals enabled them to start up the Wagner Group. We saw we first saw Wagner in action in 2014 with the war in Donbass and annexing of Crimea. So you might remember in 2014, which is linked to the current Ukrainian war, is that there was fighting in Donbass and then basically Russia just took over Crimea. Right? Then this is like in the east and the south of Ukraine. So people describe seeing little green men. They weren't they knew they were Russian, but they weren't dressed as the Russian military addressed. And this was because these were Wagner group mercenaries and soldiers fighting on behalf of Putin and co. And what was good about this is because at the time, Putin was like, bro, what's it got to do with me? Like, bro, I know these men. It gave him plausible deniability. They were fighting who supported um, the pro-Russian separatists. Then the next greatest hit and i'll say this is probably second their second greatest hit was in syria so in 2015 of course there was a civil war in syria and russia naturally who are close allies with um assad the ruler of um, syria they sent in their troops the necessary official russian military troops and of course wagner operatives Wagner was used to protect the energy resources for the Assad regime. So all the oil fields, gas plants, so on and so forth. This was the beginning of Wagner's very, very lucrative business model. Yeah, we will protect these oil fields, these gas plants, but in return for this protection, I'm going to need some of that. Do you get what I'm saying? So they got shares in natural resources and you know how valuable natural resources are. So the Russian military, along with the Wagner group, 
were fighting a combination of ISIS, rebels who were backed by United States and Kurdish forces. One of these 64 companies I mentioned, Evropolis, was a company that Wagner, one of Wagner's front companies, they were employed to protect Syrian resources. And people who were, who were in the region were getting $1,000 per month, but actual people fighting on the ground were getting $3,000 a month. For every oil field Evropolis captured, they got 25% of the total production. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For every oil field, remember, this is not civil war, so you don't want the Americans, the Americans to get involved and get these um, oil fields. Um, so it was a race to get these oil fields. So they managed to secure four of the biggest ones. And Evropolis, who were, of course, the Wagner Group, they chopped 25% of the total production. That is super lucrative. So by 2017, they had four of these, these fields, and this was bringing them tens of millions a year to the Wagner Group. Big business. However, this is very interesting. This is where them being different to the Russian military comes into play, right? In, 2010, in, 2020, sorry, in 2018, sorry, um, in the, the, by the Conoco gas plant, there was a lot of fighting to get control of the gas plant. Obviously, satellite images showed men that didn't look like Syrians were fighting in that region. So the US were like, yo, Russia, are these you, man? They didn't have an answer for them. Well, I, I, hey, fam, I, 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 know, I ain't know these men. America like, are you sure? Fam, I don't know him. You know what I'm saying? This led to America bombarding these men with all types of airstrikes, obviously wiping uh, several severe losses to the Wagner group there. But why this is so useful for Russia and of course Vladimir Putin is because Wagner group can take losses that they can't. You see know what I'm saying? Because remember, they couldn't, they, they couldn't put their troops and doing that type of stuff. Because that's breaking all types of international law, that's gonna get backlash shown and so forth. So they get Wagner to go and start collecting natural resources on behalf of the Russian agenda and kind of push forward Russia's links all across the world. And obviously if America, and also America can't go out and blow up Russian troops like that, that's gonna start a world war. You see what I'm saying? And what's interesting, cause I was watching this documentary um, a couple of weeks back and I rewatched it recently, like this weekend, that somebody who was out there fighting said, yeah, basically Wagner used all of the Russian military's equipment, planes, all, all of the stuff. By 2021 in Syria, what the Wagner group had control of 12,000 square miles of oil and gas drilling rights. So now they had drilling rights to now drill and then just start to curate oil and gas. Extremely lucrative. Now, the next place where they were getting busy was the Central African Republic. And the Wagner group really took advantage in places like Mali as well, Central African Republic, I forgot the other countries, where you're seeing these former French, like these former French um, dominated colonies where like France started to remove their forces and their troops from these places, obviously that leaves power vacuums. And this is when people want to cling on to power, start making deals with Wagner groups to cling on to power. And obviously Wagner's got to eat somehow. Bird dogs make you look good. 
Birdog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Do you know what I'm saying? If you've not really been putting the work in the leg day in the gym, the Bird Dog shorts will give you a little bit of, a little bit of that sculpture look. You don't mind that at all. Bird Dog shorts fit the exact same as Lunarman, but way, way, way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And why is that? Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Do you know when you, when, no when slim fit became a style, we're all grabbing our slim fit jeans, you wanna be in trend, but you can't move. You're getting up in a restaurant, bare restriction. We don't wanna sacrifice movement for drip. And that's why Bird Dogs slap. Bird Dog also use anti, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keep you cool and dry all day long. You do not want sweaty thighs. It's not good for your morale. It's not good for the environment and it's not a good sight. You see what I'm saying? I'm definitely grabbing myself some bird dogs because I like to be, nowadays, I want to be in shorts. It's summertime. I've got Ibiza coming up. I've got Nigeria coming up. I want to be looking good. You see what I'm saying? So you know your boys going to be in some bird dogs. So go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter the promo code pool. That's P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style, for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your birddogs off. We promise you. And that is a dysonomics guarantee. Bow. So let's talk about what happened in the Central, in the Central African Republic. This was a big Wagner success. Some could say it's its biggest. Wagner used one of its companies, Siwa Security Services, to provide security for the president. Uh, what's the by man's name? I wrote it down somewhere. I was his name. Tuadera. So Wagner was there to provide Tuadera, the president, and high, other high-ranking officials security. So you start to see on news images that there'll be these Caucasian men following the president and other officials around, but they'll always be masked up so you can't see the identity. These were Wagner operatives. And in return, Wagner were able to start operating in that country. When I say operating, I mean extracting natural resources. Here comes another new Wagner company. Midas, Resource, Midas Resources Mining Company was set up. And you could see no mining activity from this company before the activity in the Central African Republic. They arrived in this country in 20, in 2018, at the top of the year, in January. Start, they set up bases. They started to train troops to fight against, I believe they're called the UPC. And it was very, very deep because, like, because the, um, the, uh, the UPC who were fighting against the government at the time, they were Fulani and Muslim in terms of ethnicity. Wagner started just clapping off villages because they just assumed that they're helping them because they are the same ethnicity. Disgusting stuff. There was a mine called the Nandesa mine. It's a small scale mine um, and was developed. It was a very small scale mine. But what was crazy about this, because they, they, Wagner developed this mine to become the only industrialized gold mine in the country. And it's crazy because now the government have no access to this gold mine anymore. It's all Wagner property. So Wagner are extracting gold from the Central African Republic. And, in two, and there was a report in 2011 
say that that mine could produce over 1.4 million ounces of gold over eight years. That's worth $3 billion. So they've got access to billions of dollars of gold through this deal of protecting the president of the Central African Republic. So this was happening, power issues. They go in, secure power for that country. And in return, they get a slice of the natural resources. It's great business for Wagner. They, great, they generate serious, serious cash. It's excellent strategy for Russia because this is now putting Russian influence all across the globe. But it's nasty work for these countries because now our natural resources are going to the east, to Russia, because of our greedy politicians that want to stay in power. Now, what happened with regards to Ukraine? Naturally, the Wagner Group were deployed to Ukraine, as I said before, 50,000 people. But what was happening in Ukraine didn't bring joy to Yevgeny Progozin, the leader of the Wagner Group. And by the way, he, he was very close to Putin. Very close to Putin. However, he's been at odds with the military chiefs during the war, and this is what's led to the coup attempt. It got, it got made extremely, extremely volatile when the Ministry of Defence said that they want to bring the Wagner Group forces under their command structure by July the 1st. Obviously, you've got any progressing. Like, Hold on, we've been doing arting, we've been killing it, we've been getting W's, making cash since 2014, and now you bums who have been flopping this war want to bring us under your control? Heck no. He's been going on stream saying that this war was a mistake, like like this war was was actually put to Putin based on lies, and Putin was misled by the Ministry of Defense. Um, Sergei Siogu and Valery Gomizov, they were the heads of the Russian military and he and these are people that he has beef with. The tensions between the Ministry, ministry of Defence headed up by those two gentlemen and Progozin and Wagner grew when Wagner grew, right? Wagner was becoming more fundamental in the Russian political agenda, right? They were in certain influence across the world, in Africa, in the Middle East, so on and so forth, right? And also, because Wagner was making bank, they were able to poach some top special forces from the military by offering them higher wages. And as I said before, this tensions got a lot worse in Ukraine. There was fighting in an area called Bakhmut, which was a serious battle where thousands of Wagner troops were believed to have been killed. What's interesting is that some people believe that the attempt to seize Bakhmut, which is a small city and before the war had a population of what, 70,000 people, was kind of puzzling. Like, it, has, it hasn't got real military significance. And some people believe that this was um, Fregosian trying to claim a victory amid like the military just catching their else, trying to say, yo, look, we can win. This shows that you man ain't up to scratch. Progozin regularly accused Mr. Syogu and Garizmov of constantly trying to steal credit for Wagner victories. It's interesting, yeah, because in this kind of regime, this Russian regime, Mr. Syogu is actually kept in check by Wagner. 
while the mercenaries remain like kind of cowed by the military. Obviously, Putin, he sits on top of the pyramid and he's like the chess person, like moving pieces around the board, maintaining the balance of the system. And it's interesting because Prokhorin, he never like, he doesn't criticise the president directly. He just blames his commanders. And some people say that, why didn't Putin like make these men like pattern up and not be like at odds? This is Putin's style. They say it's like a tripwire. Because, because these men are all at odds, that means that they won't be able to organize a conspiracy against him because they won't trust each other, which still keeps Putin in power. Mr. Prigozhin was under suspicion that the Ministry of Defense was holding ammunition from his forces. And he claimed that he had he and he claimed that Ministry of Defense was responsible of two thousand of 2,000 deaths of his fighters and hold them to account. Obviously, he didn't provide any evidence on the stream. And this is when they left Ukraine and they started marching towards Russia. They marched into Russia, took over a couple of spots, which we'll get into, and started marching towards Moscow. He said, and I quote, if something stands in our way, we will destroy everything that will try to stop us. So, when I, so at this point, I think it was like Saturday, I was like, oh shit. Is there gonna be a, a coup in Russia? And then people were speculating, ah, oh, was the 6.2 billion that the America accidentally sent Ukraine was actually sent to Bogosian to do this? And I was thinking, hmm, if you wanted to buy Bogosian, they could have bribed him from before. And also these might make bank. So I wasn't sure about that. Some people were thinking, hmm, is this other Russian billionaires that are unhappy with how Putin has tanked like their situation trying to get him out of here? Like there was loads of theories at that time. And then, randomly, as Wagner troops were heading north within Russia, and then obviously Putin, he addressed the country. He said, he said that this is treason. It was a very stern five minute address. And then other people were saying, telling people Moscow to stay indoors. Satellite show, they were U-turning. And the Kremlin came to announce that Progosian is heading towards Belarus and will not face any criminal charges. Wait, hold on, I thought he was doing do not treason. Progosian was adamant that he wasn't challenging Russia, Russia's war in Ukraine. He just challenged the clowns in charge of it. And he also maintained, listen, I'm not here to dispute um, Putin's leadership. Now he's going to Belarus who are very close with Russia. Um, if you remember uh, in 2020, um, what's my man's name there, President? Uh, uh, President of Russia, Lukashenko. The, they, it's believed that he rigged the election, which obviously protesters brought his country to standstill and then Russia came to help. Also, the Wagner fighters won't be prosecuted and whoever wants to sign contracts with MOD, they can sign. So now, what's, let's see, what's going on? So obviously America, naturally America and Ukraine are saying this makes Putin look weak because people are trying to spin the block on him. Some people say, look, it took Belarus, who's your lapdog, to pattern up something for you. But some other people are thinking more deeper theories. Was this a way Russia can now successfully bow out of the Ukrainian war? without the blame being put on Putin and is now distributed to Sergei and Gromesov. 
was this a play between Pro, um, Pro, Pro, Yevgeny Progozin and Putin? Because Yevgeny Progozin, he's not a stupid person. He's very intelligent, very adept in military activities. So I just don't think that he'll just make a crazy mistake like this. That's where I'm at. Now, what's interesting is, yes, yeah, so let's keep going on to these theories. So another potential outcome to this or reason for this is that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I was gonna say Jihad, it's a war between two gangs. The Moscow gang of Gerasim, Gerasimov and Sogu, those are who, the two gentlemen who, the two gentlemen who run the Ministry of Defense and the St. Petersburg gang of Putin. Some people believe that this is like him trying to separate himself from losing the war in Ukraine, getting ready for the election in 2024. And he's using like his boy, Progozian, to kind of put that, put grease to skids and kind of pattern that plan up. Some people believe that Progozian just wanted to protect Wagner and felt that Wagner was about to get squashed. So, this is super interesting, right? And I'm not sure how verified this news is. I was researching this today. Oh yeah, also, I forgot to add that apparently the Ministry of Defense tried to get one of the merchants, paid one of the merchants to kill Progozin. He got caught and he got killed, of course. So apparently, According to Osechin sources, Progosian's coup planning took more than eight months. And an incredible rapid success in 24 hours explained by the GRU, which is Russia's military intelligence. So what they, so this is what they're saying. They're like, right, why did my man march then stop and then was easily back down? Well, According to satellite images, and I'm not sure this is verified, I'm not sure this is true, but Progosian captured the Voronezh 45 nuclear storage facility in Russia. People say, wait, 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 did my man grab the nukes? They're saying, was that his objective to grab the nukes and that way they know they'll leave him alone. Because, yeah, just because the Kremlin say, yeah, you won't get any charges, don't mean that they won't try getting get clapped. So, I don't know, that one's interesting. So I need to, if that gets verified, then I'll be more on that side. But my current feeling is that this is Putin and Yevgeny Prigozhin patterning a plan to kind of deflect away the blame for the war. And I wish I spoke about this next part earlier in the podcast, because it needs to be said. Corruption is rife in Russia. We know that. That's how Putin has billions upon billions of dollars. That's how Putin stays in power. But corruption is what has really messed up Russia with this war. And let me tell you why. One, the Russian army is not as good as people think it is. Why? It's because they are poorly trained and resources aren't really distributed or utilized because of corruption. People are violating their underlings, yakking them for money, whatnot not using the resources to buy the goods and subsidies. Like, if you look at the rush, all the accounts of Russian soldiers in Ukraine, they are poorly fed, poorly, poorly equipped, poorly trained, right? So because of corruption, they haven't been able to update their technology 
and they're not well trained because the people in charge of training aren't really doing the training because they're just too busy stealing cash. Now, with regards to the invasion, Putin, who obviously has plans of expanding Russia's influence, he believes that Ukraine is part of Russia and so on and so forth, said, yeah, okay, cool, let's look into this. So he didn't really tell much people. He didn't tell the army because he didn't want these plans to leak. So with a few people, he said, yeah, okay, cool, go do, go get their intelligence done on, what, on what's the pattern in Ukraine. When you have corruption, and you're giving people millions of rubles to go and do intelligence. Obviously, they didn't do the intelligence work. They came back and reported all good stuff to Putin because they're all yes men because of corruption. They told him, yeah, it's lit. You could take over easy. The army ain't all dialed. The army ain't been on WAS. Do you know what I'm saying? And obviously, they love us out there. They want us. So when we come into Ukraine, they ain't going to fight us. They're going to be cheering us on and, wait and kind of hailing us as we come in. Now... They were operating under old information with regards to the Ukrainian army because the Ukrainian army was rubbish, just like the Russian ones. But I think since 2010, they've undergone a lot of training from the West and they've received some sort of like uh, anti-tank, um, uh, anti-tank missiles and so on and so forth. So they've actually developed a lot since 2010. And I remember watching a guy speak on this at the beginning of the war in Ukraine, literally in February. He said, bro, I think Ukraine could do this because their soldiers... First of all, they're fighting a different cause because they're fighting for their lives. And also their soldiers are better trained than the Russian ones. So, and also because Putin kept this on the wraps, even the army weren't prepared. So obviously they thought they were gonna go in and take over Ukraine in two, two weeks. It's been 18 months. And that is where corruption has got them. So yeah, that's what I think. I'm interested to know what you people think. Let me know on social media and that, and yeah. On to the next one. Peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.